You guys ready to crash your chatterbox? Come on now. Hey, love you guys. Love you guys. Hey, uh, we've been on this series for several, several weeks. I've had so much feedback, so, so many testimonies of how people are crashing the chatterbox, winning in life. And uh, I think the big thing is that many people don't realize how much they're having to deal with all these constant voices, sift through them, process through them, and win over them. And, and when you win over them, then's when life begins to be fun. And, uh, and so we've been on this series for several weeks, and we're going to continue on uh, today. I just want to make note, first of all, uh, our growth track. Uh, it, today we're going to be having Essentials 201. If you've not gone through that, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, jump on in. Our growth track is uh, where you can jump in at any point. And so if you want to know more, get connected with Church on Move. This is a great place to do that, okay? Uh, today I'm going, to, I'm going to continue on in the series, uh, Crash the Chatterbox. And I want to turn your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to start at verse 4. I have so much to say, so much scripture to give, so uh, let's, uh, let's work together. Can we do that? Yeah. Let's work together. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. The strongholds that it's talking about here it tells us, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought, not just some thoughts, but every thought. An undisciplined mind will lead to a, a defeated life. An undisciplined mind will always lead to a defeated life. And so we have to learn how to discipline our thoughts. I lived this way for a lot of years where I didn't realize, I didn't recognize, I didn't understand that you could, you could discipline your thoughts, that uh, you didn't have to think everything that came through your mind. Just because it came through your mind doesn't mean that it had to sit there and you had to think on it and meditate on it. I think a lot of people are walking in, 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 in depression, uh, discouragement, and, and defeat because they don't understand that truth. Listen, God created us to be champions. He created us to be people of greatness. And, and if we're going to live that out and truly enter into what God has for us to live, live out with our lives, then we're going to have to, we're going to, have to control our thoughts. And so that's the, that's the whole thought here. Otherwise, it creates a stronghold in our life, and that stronghold binds us, and it keeps us back from entering into what God has for us. And uh, the whole premise for this, this whole series is this next statement. And if you're following along with your notes and your worship guide, it's this. is the voice that we believe will determine the future that we experience. The voice or voices that we believe will determine the future that we experience. Too often we're listening to the wrong voices instead of the voice of God. We need to be finding God's voice. By the way, you can hear God's voice through, through other people. We just need to be hearing what God's saying and hearing what he's saying to us. And, and, and I, I, love, I love that about God. I met with our team this morning, and I was, I was just letting our team know, our, our pastoral team, I said, listen, I'm always listening for God to speak through you guys. 
And so I'm always questioning, what's God saying? What's God saying? What's he saying to you? As you're praying, as you're seeking God and, and, uh, and hearing from God, what's God saying to you? And because I want to hear the right voice. I want to hear a voice that's going to lead me to a great, great life. Not a mediocre, just barely get by and, and get to heaven one day life. I want a life that is victorious, making a difference in, in lots of people's lives. And so uh, I read, and I've made this statement, but I read uh, in this book that the average individual in their lifetime, I mean, excuse me, the average individual in a day uh, thinks about 60,000 thoughts a day. Wow. 60,000 thoughts a day. And out of those, according to this book, they said 80% of them are negative. Trashy, bad thoughts about self, about others, all kinds of things in life. And it's a wonder why a lot of people are wandering in the wilderness instead of entering into the promised land. They're wandering in the wilderness instead of experiencing all the great things that God has for them. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says it this way. It says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so this is really a, a, a warning to us that it could happen. It could happen to any one of us if we don't watch what we're thinking and, and process the, those thoughts through the Word of God, through the filter of God's Word and the Holy Spirit, that we could end up as Eve being led astray from what God has for us. Isn't that right? And by the way, anytime you get off course, it always influences other people. The same way when you're on course, it's always going to influence other people. So we need to be on course that we're influencing people in a positive way. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9 says, You were running a good race. Man, you were, you were kicking it. Well, you were just doing, doing a great job, running a good race, living for God, serving God, making a, a, a life-giving difference in people's lives. You were just running a great race. And it says, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion, that kind of chatter does not come from the one who calls you. It says it doesn't come from them. And then it goes on to say, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Just a little bit of chatter that we buy into and believe can impact our whole life. It can, it can keep us back from what God has for us. And so today, I want to just continue on in the series that I've been on. We started out, this is part six, uh, I'm bringing this to a close today, and it's been a great series. I even asked the Lord, should I continue on? Because it's been so impactful. And, and, and really, it, it, it's something that every one of us identifies with because we all have the enemy to deal with in the inner me. We, we have to deal with those thoughts inwardly, and we have to deal with the enemy, and the enemy's always lying and trying to deceive and do all those different things. And so I questioned whether, and I asked the Lord whether I should just continue this on and and I, at least at this point, I guess you'll find out next weekend, at least at this point, I'm going to bring this to a close today and, and to talk about the fourth uh, deep need that every human being has. And the reason I've been talking about that is that, uh, the reason I've been talking about that is because, because every one of us get a lot, a lot of chatter from those deep needs that only God can fulfill. 
And so we've been talking about six different things, or have will be as I, as I uh, uh, unfold today. But there's four deep needs that every one of us deal with, that every one of us uh, get a lot of chatter from, and we need to hear what God has to say concerning those areas in our life. And so we talked about uh, our acceptance, uh, and we, we found out that every one of us are going to be neglected and, and rejected by people, and it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. It, it, it's, I experience it all the time. Uh, it's something that we all experience, but good good thing is, is that uh, we're accepted into the beloved, that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that he's there for us. And so it's so easy to forgive people whenever we know that we're accepted by the one that created people, right? And so, uh, and so too, too often, too many people are meditating on and, and, and looking to people to meet that, that need, that deep need in their life, and that's acceptance. And we find our acceptance in the Lord. And so, so that's one of the needs that we talked about. And the second uh, need, that deep need, is our identity. Too many of us are fighting uh, uh, a battle of identity crisis, and we're losing that battle and we find our identity in Christ, not in things, not in a job, not in other people, not in... We find it in Jesus Christ. And so uh, a lot of people buy into the lie that they're nothing, they can't do nothing, they've, they've blown it. How can God forgive them? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. All of us have sinned. There's not one of us that have arrived. Not one of us have arrived. We all have a story, and it's okay. Just Man, if you've blown it, I don't care if it was 30 minutes ago. Shake off the dust, repent, pick up, and let's go do something great for God. Amen? Amen? We all mess up. All right, enough there. Find your identity in Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. And then our security. We talked about that last week, our security, that our security is found in Him. It's not found anywhere else. And, and, uh, and so let's, let's just pick up. Let's just pick up and go. <laughs> Good thing that it was the one with the lid on that fell over. Today we're going to talk about our purpose because this is a big struggle. That uh, people are lied, trying to find their purpose in a lot of different places and, and they're living an unfulfilled life and they're... And, and, and I, what came back to me, and I know that Miss Vicky and, and our dream team, for you guys that are part of our dream team uh, uh, monthly uh, gathering that we have each and every month, uh, she shared about um, uh, a story that I tell of myself in, in my childhood when I was just in elementary school, when I was on the school ground. And I remember how uh, I'm, uh, at our house it was either wars or rumors of wars that were taking place. It was horrible. It was a, a bad life that it came from. And, and uh, my dad died young. My, my mother, she got bitter. She, she uh, didn't get better. She got bitter. And uh, she, she just uh, started to neglect and abuse and, and different things like that. And we all became abusive. It was, it was just an ugly sight. And, and I remember uh, being at school one time and and just out on the, on the school ground, and I was just sitting against the school uh, building and, and just had my head uh, on, uh, just kind of in between my legs and just going, there's got to be more to life. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to the life than just getting born, 
being a child, growing up, getting a job, having a family, having kids, getting old, retiring, and dying. I thought, there's got to be more. I was contemplating suicide at that point. And, and, and I had a little brother at the age of 18. He took his life. And, and I've buried uh, two others besides him that have committed suicide. And it's, it's not a pretty sight. And I believe one of the reasons why people start to even consider and contemplate suicide is because they don't know that they have a purpose or they don't know their purpose. And thank God I did not follow through. I did grow up. I got into alcohol, got into drugs. I started selling drugs. I started doing drugs. I started... Uh, you know, I, I became an alcoholic for several, several, several years, not just a casual, but a heavy, heavy alcoholic, heavy drinker, and, and, uh, and, until I, disca- I discovered my purpose. And that was Jesus Christ. It was found in him, and he showed me my purpose, and we'll talk about it, that a little bit more. And uh, he liberated me. He set me free from alcoholism and, and all of that. And so, so we're going we're gonna to lead off today, and we're going to talk about our purpose, because we get a lot of chatter, and we start questioning, why are we here? And many times, we, uh, instead of stepping out into it and walking in it, we, we just get stagnant, and we get high-centered in life, or we get, uh, just start maintaining in life instead of ground-gaining, doing something special and doing something great with our life. And so we're going to talk about that. I want to take you to a passage of Scripture in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. It says, It was by him that everything was created, the heavens, the earth, all things within and upon them, all things seen and unseen, thrones and dominions, spiritual powers and authorities. Get this. Every detail was crafted through him or through his design by his own hands and for his purposes. And so our, our purpose is not found in anything else. It's not found in really, honestly, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but, man, it's not found, it's not found in all the junk, that, all the chatter. There's a world out there that's constantly telling us and, and, and talking to us and, and, and trying to define our purpose in life, and they don't know what they're talking about if they don't know Jesus Christ. Okay? And so living out your purpose is, is something that every one of us, I believe, have a deep desire for. Even at a young age, we're starting to realize, God, there's something about my life that's bigger than what I'm living right now. And I've got to get uh, connected to it. And it is our purpose. And so I'm going to take you to uh, Mark chapter 4. And uh, Mark chapter 4 um, I believe lays out some, some, some things that uh, we need to look at today on how to experience God's fulfilling purpose in our life and what we need to deal with in the process of getting there. And so I want to take you and I'm going to read it and then I'm going to break it down for us this morning. Mark 4 verse 13, very familiar passage of scripture. This is a scripture that has been a, a hallmark scripture in my life that has helped me to stay on the course uh, to constantly go back and evaluate my life to see where I'm at. And so I, I encourage you to, to read this regularly in, in, your, in, your, in, in and through your uh, devotionals. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? 
God says, if you don't get hold of this, how are you going to get hold of everything else that I'm, I'm saying to you? You need to understand this. Get a grip on this. Get a grasp on this uh, so that you can understand everything else that I'm wanting to do in your life and through your life. And so he goes on to say, then, how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown on thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now he said to them in verse 24, Take heed what you hear, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. In other words, hear what God's saying. And as you do and you apply yourself to it, the measure that you apply yourself to what God is saying, it's going to be measured back to you. That's how you're going to get back in your life. So we need to pay attention to what God's saying to us today. Is that making sense to everybody thus far? you all tracking with me? Okay, so let's talk about how we can experience God's fulfilling purpose according to this in Mark chapter 4. First of all, the first thing that I want to say is that our, uh, if we're going to experience God's fulfilling purpose, it's going to happen this way, is when, when our purpose is bigger than our problems. Our purpose has to be bigger than our problems. And, and notice here, he said in Mark chapter four, 4, verse 14, he says, The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside, when they hear, when, uh, by the wayside, where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Well, we need to understand how Satan comes in. He's going to come in and he's going to do like he did with Eve. He's going he's to he's try to deceive. He's going to come in with chatter. Well, his objective is to kill, steal, and destroy, according to John chapter 10, verse 10. His objective, according to 1 Peter, I believe, chapter 5, that he seeks whom he may devour. So his objective is to devour our life, to eat it up until there's nothing left, until we're just going through life, just existing, not making much of a, a splash with our life or much of an impact in our life. That's what his objective is. So if he can get us to buy into the lie, then he's, then, then, then he's got us where he wants us. And here's the thing about life. We're going to have problems. Every one of us are going to have problems. And I'm going to tell you something. Some problems are huge. Some, I mean, I, I'm working with people, loving people, walking with people, ministering with people all the time. And as I'm talking with people, I'm just amazed at some of the things that people go through in their life. Problems, big time problems in their life. And I think there's not any one of us that are excluded from, from problems in our life. And Satan brings problems in our life to try to steal what God's purpose in our life. The word, the word of God that's sown into our life contains the purpose of God in it. 
So that if he can steal the word that's sown into our life, he's also stolen our purpose. And if he's stolen our purpose, well, he's taken our potential for living. He's taken our our reason for living, the joy of what God has for us. God wants to fulfill us. The objective of God, the, the ultimate goal of God is that we would be fulfilled. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, that abundant life is experienced in the purpose of God, not outside God's purpose, within the purpose of God. And so that's why Jesus came. Jesus is the Word, manifested in the flesh, come to reveal the Father to us and the plan of God to us. Amen? And so, so Satan comes in and he, he does his best at attacking our life. And I'm telling you, sometimes when he comes, he comes in like a flood. He just comes in and he starts knocking this way, knocking that away. He comes attacking in this way and that away. And, 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 and man, I'm just, I've got so many thoughts going through my mind right now. I, I, it's just, I, I want to sit here and tell you my story, and then I'm thinking of other people's stories I hadn't got permission to tell, and it's like, oh, I just want, you just got to understand, and I know that some of you are going through some real serious problems in your life, but your problems have to be so, so small in comparison to the purpose of God, which is eternal. Uh, Paul called it this way in, in uh, I believe, let me find it, Second Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 16 through 18, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Get this. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, those eternal things, those eternal purposes. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And notice here that Paul called it light affliction. The man was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was naked, he was hungry, he was uh, robbed, he was stoned, and I'm not talking about with drugs. (laughs) I'm talking about he was stoned with, with rocks. And and he was imprisoned. And he calls it light affliction. Hey, it's just, it's it's not a thing. It's not a thing. In comparison to the purpose of God, it's what he's saying. And when we have an eternal purpose, we can navigate through. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't experience recovery and experience healing and experience processing through whatever we're going through, the pains and the, and the problems, but it does mean that we keep marching forward and we keep going in and experiencing what God has for us. And I don't, I, I, I honestly, I, I'd love to go more into that, but I think you understand that Satan is going to be on his, uh, 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 you know, trying to attack us and trying to keep us back from what God has for us. And we've got to shut that chatter down, especially, especially in the middle of your problems. He's going to try to magnify your problem bigger than your purpose. But I'm here to tell you it's temporary, according to Paul. It will pass. And, and what's, what's the worst thing that could ever happen to us? Die? Not even. We actually win. Paul says, man, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with life right now. He says, man, I want to I, 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 I be here to help you, but man, I'm, I'm wanting to go be in glory. He says, I'm really having this battle. I'm having this battle. 
And I know some of you, maybe you've been attacked in your, in your body and physically or whatever, but you just, keep, you just keep marching forward in the purpose of God. I hope I'm helping and not hurting. How can we experience God's uh, fulfilling purpose? Number two is when our purpose is bigger than our pressures. There's not only problems in our life, but there's also just life. Just going through life, dealing with life, finances, kids, marriages, uh, relationships, ministry, uh, all kinds of life. I, 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 I've heard this statistic over and over and over. 1,800, approximately 1,800 to 2,000 pastors in America quit the ministry never to return. And it's because of the pressures that ministers have. And, uh, and I was thinking about this today uh, uh, you know, ministry, ministry is uh, what I call, and I, I stole this term, but it's called brutal. It's beautiful and brutal at the same time, and it's brutal. And it can have the good and the, and the bad. It can have the, the beauty, and, and then it can have the ugly. And, it, and life is difficult. And, and, and when you're in the middle of, of struggles and stuff, and uh, man, a couple weeks ago, I, just, I was, was one of those weeks from hell. It's like, man, am I ever going to get through this? It's just tough. And I was fighting these thoughts and this thought and dealing with this issue and that issue. And, and it was like I'm sifting and processing. And I'm telling you, I started to get weighed down until God got my attention. He says, put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because in my presence is the fullness of joy. And so I had to take off that garment, that garment the enemy was trying to put on me through pressures of life and ministry and everything. And, and most people don't even understand what, and I'm not saying this so that you guys could have sympathy of me or whatever, but I, I would appreciate that you be low-maintenance and not high-maintenance people, okay? I, just saying, just saying. Go ahead and be that, all right? All right. But most people don't understand what pastors go through. And I, I was, I, uh, my, uh, at my house, our house is uh, built in 19. 19- uh, 1930, and uh, I woke up to, for my prayer time, my uh, my devotional time one morning, and and uh, walked in the bathroom and, and walked into water all over the floor and underneath my seat it had sprung uh, a leak and and uh, they back in 1930 they didn't have the shut off valves where you can turn it off and and so it's like oh man what do I do and so what I had to do is I I took the the copper tubing and I crimped it and I I and you know just shut it off that away and and that's until I got a plumber in uh and so anyway I long story short I got a plumber in the next day he comes in there to fix it and work on it and that type of thing and and uh my my driveway uh needs some patchwork and and he's, he's, he was talking, we were talking outside, and he says, well, why don't you fix it? And I said, man, I have not had time. He says, I thought you were a pastor. <laughs> I kid you not. I wanted to slap the dude. I said, I, yeah, I am a pastor. He says, you don't do anything except on Sunday. <laughs> Never met the guy before. Never met him before. And that's what he told me. And, and so he asked me, what do you do? And so I started laying out, you know, kind of a, a, just a typical week. And, and uh, he just, most people don't have any clue. And, and, and most people don't realize that, hey, I'm just like you are. 
I'm navigating through this life. I have storms. I have issues. I have pressures. We all have pressures. And, and everybody of, every one of us are experiencing lots of pressure on our life. And I'm going to tell you, in the midst of that pressure, the enemy is talking and trying to discourage you and trying to get you off focus of why God put you here on this earth. And if he wins over and if he beats you, he's got you where he wants. Let me read something to you. Mark, back to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 says this in verse 16. It says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. For they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation. That word tribulation means pressure because of circumstances. Be- pressure because of circumstances. When tribulation and persecutions arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And so what happens is the enemy will bring pressures because of circumstances and try to suppress what God's doing and wanting to do in our lives. And if we listen to all that chatter, it's going to keep us back and hold us back. We've got to learn how to recognize it and shut it down in our life. Jesus shut it down this way. He says, it is written. When the devil came and he started to speak what he spoke or wanted to say what he was wanting to say and and voice his opinion, and let me tell you something, the devil has an opinion. He has an opinion about your life. He has an opinion about the outcome of your life. He has an opinion of how your life needs to look or should look. And you need, to, you need to come back and say, it is written. I'm not listening to you. I'm going to listen to the voice of the shepherd, not the voice of the stranger. I'm going to run from the voice of the stranger, but I'm going to run to God's voice. And I'm going to embrace it, and I'm going to obey the voice of God. And that's what we got to learn to do in the midst of all the pressure that we experience in life. And I understand that you have pressure. I understand all of us have pressure, but we got to go beyond it. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, But I do not consider my life as something of value or dear to me, so that I may with joy finish the course and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify faithfully, of the good news of God's precious, undeserved grace, which makes us free of the guilt of sin and grants us eternal life. And I don't know if it's ha- that's how it says it up there. It does. Okay, so anyhow, uh, that's Amplified, and uh, they updated the Amplified, so there's two Amplifieds now, and I forgot to straighten this. I, and, and so anyway, uh, so... We need to understand if we're going to experience God's fulfilling purpose, number one, our purpose has to be greater than our problems. Number two, it has to be greater than our, pre- our, our, our pressures. And number three, it has to be greater than our pleasures. Wow, this is where a lot of people get, get off course in their life. The voice of the pleasures. Oh, you deserve a break today. Right? You hear all these voices of all the the things that you deserve and you need and you're entitled to. And you're hearing all of these different chatter out there and saying, oh, poor old you. You you know, and so you're we're we're in pursuit of pleasures instead of the pursuit of God's purpose in our life. Mark chapter four, verse 18 and 19. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. That's pressures of life. The deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Unfruitful. 
And uh, Luke chapter 8, same, it's uh, uh, Luke's version of, 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 of what Jesus was saying here in verse uh, 14. It says, And the seed fell among the, uh, the thorny weeds in... Weeds is like those who hear God's teaching, but they let the worries, riches, and pleasures of life keep them from growing and producing good, good fruit. When I, when I, prior to getting saved, I mean, I, I, like I said, when I was on that school ground, I was like, what, what's life all about? And I was looking for the, I was looking for my purpose in life. And I looked a lot of different places. I'd done almost, it seems like, anything there was to do. I've hunted, tried to find my purpose in hunting. I've, I've played uh, uh, sports. I've tried to find my purpose in sports, and, and uh, it wasn't good enough. Uh, I motocrossed. Some of you don't, don't know that about me. When I was young, I motocrossed, had all kinds of trophies. Motocross did that for uh, a few years. Uh, played a racquetball. I mean, I just, I did a golf, man. I was, I was out there all the time golfing, and I was lousy, but I played anyway <laughs> and, and spent a lot of money. Golf is expensive, but anyway, a lot of money on golf. Two or three times a week I was playing golf. And, uh, and so anyway, I, I, I was looking for my purpose, and it was never, ever discovered in pleasures. I could never, I, I couldn't drink enough, I couldn't smoke enough dope, I couldn't do enough drugs, I could, I could never, you know, there was, it was not ever found in anything, it was not found in anything but in, 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 in the Lord Jesus Christ. He holds our purpose, folks. He holds our purpose. Pleasures will never get you there. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest things that the enemy uses to get people off course is the pleasures of life. You deserve it. You need it. You got to have it. You, 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 you. And it can't be about you. It's got to be all about him. And when we put him first in our life, then's when we discover where a, a fulfilled life really is. You'll never be fulfilled even if every need is met in your life. Some of the most miserable people on the face of this planet are people that have lots of wealth. They can buy anything, they can do anything, they can travel anywhere, but they're miserable. And the reason is, is because they're not living out their purpose. I believe that uh, the universal purpose, I know that God has other parts of the purpose of God in your life, and I, I believe that, but I think the universal purpose is found in our vision statement as a church. And uh, that's, and I'm going to throw it up on the screen, and that's to grow a life-giving church that reaches the lost, disciples the found, and equips the next generation. Uh, the next, growing a life-giving church, when I think about life-giving Life-giving helps bring freedom to people's lives. People are bound. People are struggling in their life. And, and, and God has given, given people the purpose of helping others get free. Jesus said this. He says, I came to set the captives free. Amen. And by the way, who, who is Jesus doing that through now if not his body? His body, the body of Christ, the church, are the ones that are to bring freedom to people's lives. And then we're to reach the lost. We're to bring salvation to people through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Then we're to disciple the found. We're to help people discover their purpose in their life. And then we're to equip the next generation. And that's to help give people a purpose for living and living it out. Helping them to, to, to give their lives to something that's going to make a life-giving difference. And an eternal difference through their contribution through the local church and being a part of that body and making it happen. Amen? And I'm going to tell you today, if we'll unite together as a church, there's no telling what God can do through us. And so I am asking you, as, as your pastor, or uh, maybe I'm not your pastor at this point, I'm still asking you, get out there and make a difference with your life. Let's reach people. Let's get them and help them to know Jesus Christ and enter in that relationship with him. Let's help people get free of their things that are binding them and keeping them and holding them back from entering into what God has for them. Let's, give, let's, let's show them and help them to show what their purpose is, what they should be doing with their life. And then let's give them a place to serve in making that happen in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for calling us to be a part of your, your body, your plan, your purpose here on this earth. 